You're listening to Comedy Central. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Tonight is the chair of the Democratic National Committee and the person responsible for herding all 20 presidential candidates onto one debate stage. Tom Perez is joining us, everyone. <laughs> also on tonight's show, Harvard deals with the N-word, corporations are becoming gay, and your dog is lying to you. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with some major news in the world of finance and technology. Facebook, the social media giant with nearly 3 billion users worldwide, has faced recent scandals for helping undermine democracy, spreading fake news, and leaking people's personal information. But if after all of that, you thought to yourself, man, I wish, I wish they had access to my money too, well, then this story's for you. <laughs> It's a move aimed at shaking up the world's financial systems and the way we all shop. Facebook says it is going to soon roll out a new digital currency. The Facebook plan replaced the world's dollars, euros, francs, yen, and pesos with a new cryptocurrency called the Libra. You could use your phone to transfer Libra to friends, shop online, or pay at your local store. Facebook says it won't manage the new financial system. Instead, it's launching a subsidiary called Calibra to do that, saying Calibra will not share account information or financial data with Facebook or any third party without customer consent. That's a bit weird. We will not manage it. We will create the thing that manages it. Then you're managing it. <laughs> but yes, you heard that right. Facebook is going to launch the world's biggest cryptocurrency. And I don't know how I feel about this because I don't want to mix Facebook with my banking. Yeah, it'll be like, do you want to move money to this account? Yes. Do you want to invest here? Yes. Do you want to come to Kimberly's baby shower? Yes. No, 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 no. Undo, 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 undo. And also, I don't know if the name Libra was the right choice. Right? First off, it sounds like counterfeit Italian money. And more importantly, 
Libra won't sound cool in a rap song, you know? Just be like, riding in the bands, got that Libra. Gonna hit the zoo by a zebra? Wait, baby, come back! And I'll be honest, like, I'm gonna wait to see how secure this currency is before I jump on board. All right, for now, I think everyone should keep their money safe. Do what I do, invest in arcade tickets. Yeah. Because when all these cryptocurrencies fail, you can still use your tickets to get a big teddy bear and a bunch of rubber spiders. It's called fiscal responsibility, people. Yeah. But still, this is an exciting move for Facebook. And I know that right now some of you are asking, you're going, Trevor, how can we trust that Facebook's currency will be secure? Because, guys, they said they promise. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Tesla is back in the news. And what you're about to see isn't an ad for their self-driving cars, but maybe it should be. Up next tonight, the shocking video that appears to show a man asleep in his self-driving car for at least 30 miles as the Tesla continued down a busy Los Angeles freeway. Commuters spotted this driver, who they say was asleep behind the wheel of a semi-autonomous car. I realized he was just fully sleeping. Uh, Eyes were shut. Mila Dinovich called 911. The highway patrol says there's little they can do since officers didn't witness the incident. Man, you know what? I wish the cops did arrest that driver for being a legend. Yeah. (laughs) Because why wouldn't you go to sleep in a self-driving car? The only thing shocking me in that video is that the traffic in LA was actually moving. That's the only shocking thing there. If you ask me, the only person who's acting unsafely is the person shooting the video. He's the one recording a cell phone video while driving a car. He's like, oh my God, that is so dangerous. Whoa, he's putting our lives at risk. Oh, close one, ah. (laughs) And by the way, I think it's weird that if you sleep in your car while it's parked, you're poor, but if you sleep in your car while you're driving, you're rich as hell. That doesn't seem fair. (laughs) Like, what's the point of a self-driving car if you don't let it drive itself? The only problem I see is that future Fast and Furious movies are gonna be a lot more boring. Yeah. (laughs) Vin Diesel's gonna be like, I gotta save my family. (laughs) Did I save my family? (laughs) In other news, schools all over America are constantly trying to find ways to cut down on bullying. Some have increased punishments, some do counseling, others encourage the nerdy kids to shove themselves into a locker first so the bullies have nothing to do. But now, one town in Wisconsin is trying to solve this problem for good. Riley and Mackenzie Bransma are fed up with bullies at school. It's been especially tough on 13-year-old Riley. Her getting the locker shoved on her, um, shoulder checking in the hallway, tripping in the hallway, the name calling. It's hard for the school district too because bullies aren't learning anything when they're suspended. So tomorrow, a bold step when the Wisconsin Rapid City Council votes on a controversial proposal to fine parents up to $313 if their kids are caught bullying. You know what I think would work better? You make the bully pay the fine directly to the kid who got bullied. Yeah, then everyone wins. Think about it, the bully will be like, ha ha, I pantsed you, Timmy, and be like, yeah, that'll cost you 300 bucks. <laughs> be like, oh man, do you accept Libra? <laughs> and finally, dogs. They're adorable, they're man's best friend, And it turns out it's all been a scam. Researchers have found that dogs have evolved muscles around their eyes which allow them to make expressions that particularly appeal to humans. A small facial muscle allows dog eyes to mimic an infant-like expression which prompts a nurturing response. The study says such puppy dog eyes help domesticated dogs to bond with humans. Are you serious? (laughs) See, it's working right now. I thought dogs were being sincere. Turns out they were manipulating us the whole time, (laughs) 
fake-ass cute faces. It's basically the original Snapchat puppy filter. That's what that is. And I don't even understand why the puppies need this. Puppies are already cute. They don't need extra eye muscles to manipulate us. You know who needs this? Lobsters. That's who needs it, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be in the tank so we can be like, oh, look how cute he is. Who's a good dinner? Who's a good dinner? <laughs> but seriously, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be emotionally manipulated by a dog and their cute eyes. Yeah, enough of that. <laughs> so there's a way we stop this. We should just cover their eyes up. Just completely cover the... No! It's even cuter, oh, do you, do you want a piece of lobster? That's why you gotta have respect for cats, guys. They aren't tricking you. Yeah, they get what they want the old-fashioned way. Intimidation. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. College admissions. That special time in a teenager's life when they ask institutions of higher learning to saddle them with soul-crushing debt. Now, the issue of who does or does not get into prestigious universities has been in the news more than usual lately, mostly thanks to the third most popular actress on the Hallmark Channel. And now... (laughs) And now there's another college admissions scandal making headlines, and this one makes even Aunt Becky look good. A fierce debate is raging now about whether Harvard University made the right decision by rescinding its acceptance of a Parkland shooting survivor turned gun rights Advocate Kyle Kashuv says that the university pulled his admission after texts and documents surfaced showing that he had used racist and sexist language on social media two years ago. Okay, there's a lot going on in the story. We've got a Parkland shooting survivor who is a pro-gun advocate fighting about college admissions and racism. Basically, every hot-button issue is crammed into one story. All that's missing is abortion, and then you get bingo. Done. <laughs> So Kyle Kashuv, he had a bunch of private messages where he said racist and sexist things. And because of that, he got kicked out of Harvard. The good news is he just got offered a full scholarship to Trump University. Okay. Now, <laughs> you might be wondering how bad were these messages that they got him kicked out of Harvard? Well, this bad. Some of his text messages included racist and anti-Semitic language. He used the N-word repeatedly, including about black student athletes. In one thread, he used the N-word 11 times, joking that he was good at typing it because, quote, practice makes perfect. Holy shit. Are you seeing that? I've never seen the N-word written that many times in the same sentence. Even rappers would be like, yo, that's too much, dog." <laughs> You gotta throw in some other lyrics, man. Libra, zebra, shit like that. (laughs) I mean, look at that message. Forget Harvard. It looks like he's plagiarizing one of Quentin Tarantino's scripts. What is that? (laughs) And because of Kyle's profile, this story has gotten a lot of attention in the news, right? (laughs) And he's come out. He's come out saying, although these messages are extremely offensive in his defense, that was actually the whole point. Kyle Kashuv says he and some others were trying to be as extreme and shocking as possible when he used the N-word repeatedly. The person who wrote those things is not who I am today. Well, at that time, it was really um, a friend group where who could say the most shocking thing and most extreme thing uh, for the sake of shock value? So he was competing with friends for shock value. I guess he won. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's always funny to me that people who purposefully go for shock value and shock effect always surprised when their shock gets effects, yeah? <laughs> and it's like, I can't believe this happened, but isn't that what you were trying to do? 
It's like prank calling 911 and then freaking out when the cops show up. I was just joking. I didn't think you guys would actually come. It's a white neighborhood. We always come. <laughs> now, some people have come to Kyle's defense saying that it's not fair for the college admissions office to judge him for stuff that he did when he was 16. But that's exactly what college admissions does. <laughs> they judge you for what you did in high school. Think about it. I mean, if they're turning down someone for failing pottery class when they were 14, you're definitely not getting in after you've been busted for saying the N-word 11 times. Everyone knows the limit is nine. (laughs) And I understand where Harvard is coming from. There's usually no way to know which one of your prospective students are racist. But if you somehow do know, then why would you admit that kid into your school? Like, a lot of people have herpes. But if someone is listing that in their Tinder profile, (laughs) what are you supposed to do? No, it's like, uh, thank you, herpes man. Swipe left, swipe left. (laughs) Now, Kashyov, for his part, did apologize for what he had written in those messages, right? He said that he's grown since then and he wishes that he could take it back. But at the same time, he's also pointing fingers. For people who don't know, Harvard was founded in 1636 uh, by slave owners. It has a long history of racism, sexism, misogyny. Uh, But I think that people can grow and people can change. Right. And and I don't don't hold that standard to Harvard. And I think that people can make mistakes. And I don't think that mistakes make you irredeemable as Harvard showed for me, as Harvard uh, established for me. Can I give you a time out there? So you're mentioning that they had slave owners in the 1600s. You using the N-word was what? A year, year and a half ago? Do you two see years ago. Two years ago. A little more recent. Okay. <laughs> two years, 400 years, come on. That was such an epic fail. What was also a magic is how he tried to switch from N-word premium user to civil rights leader in one moment. So look, Kyle lost his spot at Harvard because of his old racist messages. And he feels like that's not fair. But the truth is, there are all sorts of reasons people don't get into Harvard. Sometimes it's because of your grades. Sometimes it's because you said the N-word 11 times. And to be honest, I don't think that he has a leg to stand on here. So if I were him, I'd practice my puppy dog eyes and start applying to other schools. (laughs) We'd be right back. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight served as Labor Secretary under President Obama and is now chair of the Democratic National Committee. Please welcome Tom Perez. Welcome back to the show. Great to be back. The last time I saw you uh, and had you on was December 2015. That was 40 years ago. A very different time. Amen. Uh, You were gearing up for Hillary going up against Donald Trump. The party was aiming at something different. You had a different vision, different purpose. As you said, it feels like 40 years. Everything has changed. What is the DNC looking to do differently this time? Win and win everywhere. Uh, I, w- I had a 100% confidence interval that uh, we were gonna make history again on November the 8th, 2016. I don't think I was alone. And I woke up the next day and uh, said I could cower in a corner, I could do something about it. And I think when we have a Democratic party that's firing on all cylinders, mm-hmm. uh, we win at scale, up and down the ballot. And so I ran for this job and I've taken this job with an eye toward making sure we lead with our values, we communicate what we stand for, and we're the party that's fighting for opportunity and fairness for everyone. And then we run campaigns and we build relationships. Politics um, became way too transactional. You know, there's a distinction, Trevor, between uh, what I call mobilizing and organizing. Mobilizing is that sprint, that uh, two or three month sprint before an election. Organizing is building those relationships. All politics is personal. President Obama. How do, how, do you, how do you build personal relationships with 24 presidential candidates out there? <laughs> like, you, you, you have to admit, it's become a bit of an issue where you have so many candidates right now. Do you think that's good for the party, or do you think that's something that you need to whittle down as quickly as possible? Well, I think that's a first-class challenge to have. I had the privilege of working with the vast majority of these candidates, and they're wonderful people. And everyone running for president believes that every person in this country should have access to safe, affordable health care, mm-hmm. quality affordable health care. Every person running for president believes that, uh, believes that climate change is real and we need to take swift, bold action. Right. Everyone running for president understands that these attacks on women, on immigrants, on communities of color are, are attacks on the fabric of our democracy. And so there's a unity of purpose here. And I don't think it's my place as the chair of the DNC to window the field. What it is my place to do is make sure everybody gets a fair shake because all but one aren't going to make it to the mountaintop. Right. And our goal is to make sure the process is fair to everybody so that everyone feels like they got a fair shake. And how do you, how do you decide what's fair, though? How do, you, how do you come in and say this is fair and this isn't fair? Because right now you've had to make rules about how to get, you know, onto the debate stage because everyone wants to run for president. So now the, the idea is if you are polling below 2%, I believe it is? 1%. Right? 1%. You cannot... End, but why 1%? That seems like a, such an arbitrary... Is that 
just because well, it's better than zero? Well, <laughs> zero, the, the only thing lower than one would be zero. Right. In which case, you could announce you're running for president tonight. I am. Uh, yes, I am. Okay, I'm running for president. We did a lot of listening uh, when I uh, entered this job, and we spoke to a lot of folks, including people who had run for before. What we didn't do is speak to folks who were either running or thinking about running because we didn't want to create an impression that we were putting a thumb on the scale. And we created an unprecedented layer of access to the debate stage. We've never before in the history of the Democratic primary had a, a grassroots fundraising threshold. So we always use polling. And my concern with focusing solely on polling to get on the debate stage is that 18 months out, polling often measures uh, no more than name ID. And so right. we wanted to create another pathway to demonstrate our commitment to the grassroots. And so it, we used a 1971 law that established public funding for campaign finance. We modernized it and we created a grassroots fundraising threshold. So if you had 65,000 unique donors or you had 1% uh, in the polls, uh, you could potentially get access to the debate stage. And actually 14 candidates out of the 20 uh, met both thresholds. Right. And uh, our goal was to make sure we gave people a fair shake. We gave them notice back in February, so they had plenty of time to move forward. And then we used random assignment, because again, I didn't believe in JV varsity. I wanted to make sure that everyone uh, gets on that everyone stage, gets on that and stage. it's random. And you're gonna love the folks you meet. I mean, I, my, my goal for folks, I want you to date many people at the same time in the okay. primary season, fall in love. <laughs> You know, speed date, do whatever you need to do, fall in love with many people. Yes. And then when we have our nominee, uh, fall in line, because this is the most dangerous president in American history, and our unity is absolutely our greatest strength as a party. Here's the concern. The concern some people would have, to use your analogy, is if you fool around too much, you may not be able to settle down. You know, you get to that point <laughs> where you, you're now told to be with one person and then you're like, oh man, but being out and about was so much fun, am I ready to do this? And we, we saw that in the previous race where you, you noticed a fracture in the party because mm -hmm. people felt like Bernie wasn't given a fair shake. In many ways, you're in a thankless job. You know, there are those... I've been told who, that. Yeah, you, you're, you're in a position where you have to do what is good for the DNC and the Democratic Party, but you have... Bernie fans who say, hey, this was not fair to him last time. How do you, how do you fix that? And then you have establishment candidates who go, well, Bernie's not even a real Democrat. He pops in when he likes. Why don't we maintain our rules and our structure like superdelegates? You've now weakened the power of superdelegates and you faced a lot of backlash for this. Bernie people are enjoying it. How do you find that balance? And do you think that after it all, the Democrats will be able to come together this time? Well, let me answer your last question first. Absolutely. And here's why. Because... When, we, when I came into this job in February of 2017, we convened a very, very wide table. We talked about uh, the issue of superdelegates. We talked about how do we build a Democratic Party uh -huh. that can be, again, the party of the people? How do we address concerns that led to the challenges that we saw in 2016? We've, we've got to come out of this convention, and we will, uh, united as a party. And so because everybody had skin in the game, everybody had an opportunity to be heard, we ended up with wide-ranging reforms, and you talked about superdelegate reforms. I think that is one of the many things we did to return power to the people. Having this debate threshold where you can uh, have grassroots fundraising, another very, very concrete statement to uh, voters that we value you. 
you look at what we did with primaries and uh, caucuses. I want to make sure, and our goal was to make sure that everybody who's eligible to vote actually goes out and casts their vote. So we made we, we created incentives to have more primaries and less caucuses. Mm -hmm. And now we have six states that were caucus states four years ago that are going to be primary states. I think that's great for democracy because more people participate. And more, what people all are, these more people are definitely going to participate because yeah. it just came out today. Um, the Wall Street Journal, I think, reported that President Trump says he intends to live tweet all of the debates, <laughs> right? Which I, which I think is a first for a president in ever. <laughs> Um, so you have him trash talking while this is going to be happening live. Are you preparing for this? If not, I have an idea. Why not, <laughs> why not have like a screen on stage with his tweets and then like people can respond and then we see how they would handle Trump one-on-one. -on -one. What, do you have any preparations or is your idea more about getting rid of Donald Trump out of the conversation and yeah. focusing on the issues that voters want to hear about? You know what? We talked to the networks at length and here's what I said. I want to focus on the issues. We don't want to have any discussions about hand size. We want to talk about health care. We want to talk about women's reproductive health. We want to talk about the fact that Lady Liberty, two miles from here, is exactly who we are mm -hmm. as an American people. We want to talk about climate change. We want to talk about the issues that animate people. We want to talk about the fact that too many people are working three jobs and not making ends meet. We want to talk about the assaults on the labor movement and what we can do to strengthen the labor movement. Because when we have a strong labor movement, we have strong unions, we have a strong middle class. And we've been very clear with the networks that uh, we've actually talked about uh, the fact that Trump might try to uh, disrupt uh, can't, the, the debates by mm -hmm. uh, injecting himself. And you know what? I am quite confident that we're going to be talking about the issues because the American people are fed up with this president. They're tired of... Presidents are supposed to have your back. They're supposed to make you... Uh, feel less stress in your life. And chaos is his middle name. And we have to make sure as Democrats that we are demonstrating to folks that we have your back on all the issues that matter most. If you've got diabetes or some other pre-existing condition, we're fighting to, keep, to have, have you keep your health care. That's magical. And Any pre-existing condition, including small hands, will be covered. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on the show. <laughs> Tom Perez, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, bro. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now.